Some years ago, I was out driving with one of my brothers and um, saw a car with a number plate that was LK245. And if you saw a number plate that was LK245, what would you think? <gasps> Maybe they're a Christian and that's a Bible verse. So we were like, ah, oh, we don't have a Bible with us. We'll have to wait until we get home to figure out what that is. Um, because there's two options. Is it, is it Luke 2.45 or is it Luke 24.5? Which one do you think? Any, we can take bets on that. So got home, opened up my Bible and first went to Luke 2.45. And it says, when they failed to find him, they went back to Jerusalem looking for him everywhere. So that's one of the verses from our gospel today. Uh, when the child Jesus goes missing, um, at when they're visiting Jerusalem for the feast, when he's 12 years old. Then I look up Luke 24, 5, and it's, I should have brought the Bible with me to um, quote it, but it's something along the lines of, um, he's not here um, do not look for the living among the dead. It's when Jesus has died, or he's, he's now risen, um, and the women are at the tomb looking for him. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Two verses with the same numbers um, that are both about the same sort of thing. Jesus has gone missing. He's been lost for three days, and then they're looking for him and they can't find him. And in both instances, they go back to, they go back to the city um, instead. But I think it connects well the way that Mary's heart um, relates with these, these stories and the way that her heart was so open to loving Jesus because we hear in the last line of our gospel today, which is I think why, it's, why it is the gospel for today's feast, that she stored up all these things in her heart. Because, well, I, I can't imagine the um, distress of a mother losing her child for three days uh, would have been a, a rather anxious experience, a rather traumatic experience perhaps for Mary. But they find Jesus and he's all good and he's all fine and then they go back home and get on with life. Um, and you could think that a, a distressing experience like that, you might want to just push out of your mind and go, I'm not going to think about that again because that was terrible and I would never want to lose my son. But she holds on to it. She holds on to the distress of that time. And then I think that would have prepared her for when she would lose Jesus again for three days. When he was put to death and was dead in the tomb for three days before he rose again. And we see the, the perfection of Mary's heart is that there's nothing within her that holds back from loving Jesus. Even if we love someone very much, if we have something painful in that experience, in that, in that relationship, perhaps they've done something to us or perhaps we've just experienced something together that was distressing or traumatic, we, we in our weakness, we might want to push that out of our minds and not think of that. I'll just think about how much I love them. I'll just think about the good times that we've shared together. But I'll, I'll get rid of the, the unpleasant experiences. But Mary stored up in her heart everything that she'd experienced with Jesus, even the intense distress of having lost him because she was totally open to loving him. She held nothing back from loving him. Um, and that was why she then stands at the foot of the cross, sharing completely 
in the sorrow of Jesus' death, in the anguish that he experienced there on the cross out of his love for all of humanity. She shared in that completely because she held nothing back from loving him. She didn't close off her heart and defend herself from feeling that pain. But because she's so completely open to loving him, she also shares in the joy of the Lord so much more profoundly than any of us ever can. Um, She shared in the distress of the cross, the sorrow of the cross. With Jesus, we can only imagine the joy that Mary experienced at the resurrection. Um, We hear, well, in our psalm today, it echoes Mary's hymn of praise, the, the Magnificat. This is actually the text that it's based off from 1 Samuel. But in the Magnificat, we see that Mary rejoices with such beautiful humility and gratitude because she's able to receive the full blessings of the Lord and, and be totally open to that joy, totally open to praise her Savior, her God. And so when we open up to the grace of the Lord, we open up to loving Jesus and the love that he puts in our hearts for others. That means that we can love even to the point of sharing in the sorrow of those around us. We can love even to the point of accepting the difficult things that the Lord might call us to or the way that he calls us through difficult circumstances that we face. But when we're free to really open up to the love of the Lord in that way, we not only experience the sorrows more deeply, um, although with a peace and a hope from the Lord that's, that's more profound, we can also experience the joy and the life and the gratitude and the praise that the Lord wants to set forth in our hearts as well. This is what we see in Mary. She's not only Our Lady of Sorrows, but Our Lady of Joys as well. Not actually a title, I just created that one for her today, but because her heart is so open She's able to weep with her son for all of humanity, but she's also able to rejoice at our salvation, rejoice at what Jesus does, rejoice at Jesus' resurrection. So let's pray that through Mary's intercession, today we may grow more and more in being free from all that's within our hearts that stops us from being open to loving, open to sharing in the distress of, of those who are close to us, those that we care for, and that we can share in the, the sorrowful and anguished heart of the Lord who died for our sins and for the sins of humanity, that we may also share more completely in our hearts the joy of his resurrection and the life that he wants to share with us.